lifting our eyes above the circumstances around us to a wonderful truth. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Since God is for us, who can be against us? Often we look too closely at the size of our enemy or at the impossibility of the situation and that becomes our focus and we get laser beam eyes on all the difficulties and that's all we talk about. How you doing? Oh, all the difficulties. Hey, how's it been going? All the difficulties. Instead of talking about the great and awesome mighty God who's on your side. It's an enemy. He's working. Amen. Yes. Amen. God is for you, Christian. Not against you. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Welcome to Abounding Grace. Have you ever opened the word to a verse or passage that was just what you needed to hear at that particular time in your life? Well, as we open our Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, I can't help but think that just may be the case for some of you today. We'll encounter a precious truth. God is for us and not against us. And if you need proof, just keep listening. But first, Pastor Ed Taylor speaks of some of the things that are against us. Life situations can be very, very difficult. It can be awfully hard at times to live on this earth in these human bodies. It can be awful hard at times to love other human beings and have that love misunderstood or stomped on or even lost through the loss of a loved one. There's diseases. There's distresses. There are sorrows and sadnesses. You mix in a few of our own sinful mistakes. You mix in a few of our own knuckleheaded decisions. And I'll tell you, it's, it's crazy. We're just, yeah, life can be against us. And the enemy can use the world system and all the things in the world to bombard us spiritually. You know, another thing, number three, that can be against us is we can be against ourselves. We can be a very powerful tool in the hands of the enemy. Isn't that a scary thought? That living in disobedience... Living contrary to the things of God, we become a a tool in the hands of the enemy. I mean, I can be my own worst enemy at times, that's for sure. I don't need emails to come my way criticizing or critiquing. I don't need the voicemails. I do enough of that myself. I can beat myself up without any help from anyone else, all right? I know what it's like. I know about my own mistakes. I know about my own stumblings. I know, and I know the weakness of my own flesh, just like you do. You can read through Romans chapter 7, and you can see your own weaknesses. You can see your own difficulties. You can see your own struggles with the flesh, and you can come to the same conclusion that Paul did. Oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? But listen, in Jesus Christ, you're not a wretch anymore. (laughs) Isn't that great? You're not a wretch anymore. We've been changed. We've been fashioned. We've been cleansed. Wretch. That's a crazy word, just wretch. We don't use it much. It's just the word itself. I mean, wretch. But we've been changed. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me? Jesus. He delivers me. He rescues me. When I was sinking in the miry clay, the quicksand of sin, you know who rescued me? Jesus. When I was sold out to the things of this world and didn't have a care or concern about anyone but me, you know who rescued me? Jesus. 
You know, when I was given over to other substances and under the influence of everything that there could be to be under the influence, you know who rescued me? Jesus. And he continues to do that rescuing work in our lives day by day. You see, verse 31 says, since God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, the question is, really? Because God's for us, who can really be against us? I mean, with God's power and God's strength, even though there's this constant tug, this constant pull, who really can come up against God? We're his kids. He loves his kids. Those of you that have kids and people mess with your kids, do you like it? No way. Some of you parents, you better answer no. (laughs) No way. Rise up in arms. God loves his kids. Jot this down, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Jesus said, Matthew 26, 41, he said, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray. I know there's a lot of motives between watching and praying, you're keeping our eyes open, being sober-minded, but listen, Jesus puts it down, he says, I want you to watch and pray, church, so you don't enter into temptation, so you can defeat the temptations and the arrows that are shot right at your heart. Watch and pray, watch and pray, because the battle goes on, and we get tired of it, and we stop watching, and we stop praying, and we become more vulnerable to the things of the Lord. We just jump right in. You know, this is a good time to pause here. Flip over to Psalm 119, would you please? Psalm 119. This is a good time to pause and just bring us back to Bible Basics 101. Just Christianity 101. New believer stuff. You know, there's a lot of things you should be doing with your Bible. You should be reading your Bible regularly. That's why we put those little things in the bulletins. You can read through the Bible regularly. Reading, you follow those things, you'll read through the whole Bible in a year. The whole thing. Not just a little abbreviated section. Not just 30 seconds a day. But you take as long as it need, you need to take to read your Bible every day. All day, take it and read it. Another thing you and I should be doing with our Bibles is studying it. Not only under a pastor, but maybe grabbing some CDs, grabbing some studies off the web and just studying through, getting a commentary, walking through, studying through the scriptures, looking at some of the original languages. It's not that hard. As a matter of fact, there's a great book downstairs. It's called uh, How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It or something like that. It's by Skip Heitzig. Very, very simple, thin book giving you some key tools to learn how to study the Bible. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult at all. I don't know what's happened over the years to make Bible study so scary. It shouldn't be scary. It's fun. It's exciting to learn about God and how he loves us and how he cares for us. So you should be reading your Bible, studying your Bible. You should have a Bible in your desk at work. You should have a Bible with you at church. You should have a Bible in your glove compartment. You should have a Bible in your back pocket. All over the place. Never be without your word or without your sword. Man, you need your sword to fight the spiritual battles. And if you have one of those little ones in your glove compartment, you got a little switchblade right there in your car, you know, <laughs> wherever you're at, spiritually. But in Psalm 119, look at verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. This is one of those spiritual disciplines I think has been ignored by too many Christians, and we need to pick it up again. Psalm 119, verse 11. We're going to read this one together. You ready? Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because no matter, though you put your Bibles everywhere, there are going to be times when you don't have your Bible. There's going to be time maybe in the elevator from floor to floor or you're running out the car to grab something and somebody in the parking lot's there and you're just like, oh, I don't have my sword, man. I don't have... And, and where's it going to be? But in your heart. In your heart. And you're taking these verses, you know, on those little cards we put in the bulletin on the back side are verses for you to memorize, to take God's word and internalize it. I mean, you can start right here with Psalm 119, verse 11. Just memorize that one. 
Just sink it down, put it down in the treasure of your heart, and memorize the word. Because Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit was sent so that he might bring to remembrance the things that we have heard. And so great, read the Bible. Great, study the Bible. Great, have the Bible wherever you're at. But great, memorize the scriptures. Memorize the scriptures. Because they'll start flowing as you're talking to people. The Holy Spirit will give you all the things that you have received when you need them. And so just just a little pause there. If you haven't memorized a scripture in a long time, start up. I know as new believers, we're so excited, we're going to memorize, memorize, memorize. And over the years, they're like, memorize? I can't even remember where the church is, man. Memorize. What corner was it on again? You get so caught up in life and so many things. Starts hiding God's word in your heart, gang. You're going to need it. What if there's a day coming up in our own country where they're going to take the Bibles away from us? What are you going to do then? You know, in China, in China, they all share one page of the scriptures together when they're, they only have a Bible with one church. What are you going to do? You don't have anything hidden in your heart. And there might come a day where the government structures such a way. We know that in the end times, man, crazy things are going to be happening. What if your Bible gets taken away from you? You can't, they can't take your heart away from you. And God's word is good. So, man, all these things, there's more things that we could go through that could be against us, but they're no match for God. Since God is for us, who can be against us? Often we look too closely at the size of our enemy or at the impossibility of the situation, and that becomes our focus, and we get laser beam eyes on all the difficulties, and that's all we talk about. How you doing? Oh, all the difficulties. Hey, how's it been going? Well, all the difficulties. Instead of talking about the great and awesome mighty God who's on your side. It's an enemy. He's working. Amen. Yes. Amen. God is for you, Christian. Not against you. He's not fighting against you, Christian. I know what trips us up sometimes. What trips us up sometimes is that we're not in control. And we don't like it. And because we're not in control, there's this frantic attempt to get control. To grasp it. To grab it. And it manifests a lot of different ways, but there's this intensity of wanting to be in control of our lives. And it doesn't matter tonight, or excuse me, this morning, no matter where you're at right now, whatever's going on, as much of control you think you're in, you're not. God is in control of your life. I don't care how, th- how you have things lined up, you think in an instant things can change in God's timing and God's will for your life. And so as we are trying to gain control, we'll start to control other people. We'll start to become very condemning of other people, very critical of other people. We'll start to put down other people because after all, I don't have control of my life, but I can control yours. And it's a very unchristian thing to do, very unloving thing to do, to start pouring out your junk on other people by trying to, to hurt them or control them. When all God's desiring from us is that we yield to him, that we surrender, we're not in control and we don't like it. And since God's for us, I mean, who can be against us? You're probably still in Psalms. Look at Psalm 27, would you please? Psalm 27. David cries out from his heart, and as he cries out, it sounds a lot like the cries from our heart at times. Psalm 27, it sounds like my heart more than I would want it to be. But we live in these human bodies. We live on a very fallen world. We live in very difficult times, the end times, I believe. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is at hand. It's very close. And as he describes the time period of his coming, it's a time of turbulence. It's a time of difficulty. Our eyes need to be open to what's going on in our world. Our eyes need to be not trusting in men, not trusting in finance, not trusting in resources, not trusting in this world. This world is passing away right before our eyes. 
And the more you cling to it, the more, the, the more it's going to pass away. You need and I need to cling to the Lord. Look at verse 1, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. I mean, verse 3, he says, my heart shall not fear. I'll be confident. Notice verse 4, all eternal now. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that I'll seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. I'll tell you, as I look out on the congregation right now, I look out on you guys, I know so many of you have come through crazy stuff. The kind of stuff that when a person sees it, they'll say something like, I could never endure that. And that's what you said one before, huh? I could never go through that. I don't know how I'd ever go through it. I don't know how I could handle that. And then it happened in your life, and you learned how you could handle it in the strength of the Lord, didn't you? You learned what it was like to trust him no matter what. You learned what it was like for, to trust for that special anointing of his grace to get you through another week, another day, for some of you another hour or two, and you came out on the other side, and now you're a testimony of God's faithfulness. That's why we reserve time as a congregation on Wednesday nights to give testimonies of the power and the presence of God. He is still alive. Like God's not frozen in time. He's still alive, moving through us, ministering to us, his hand upon us, bringing so many of you through. Say, oh, Lord, deliver me from the valley of the shadow of death, the shag, just take me out. And he says, I'm going to take you through, son. I'm going to walk you through it. Well, then let it be a short valley, okay? Okay, son, it'll be just as long as you need. Daughter, it'll be just enough to grow you and to strengthen you. Hey, a couple things before we leave. I want to walk out with some applications. The first one's in verse 32. Because if you are looking for proof that this is true, I mean, you're still skeptical. You're still battling God's word. You still don't believe in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 is true for you. Then listen to verse 32. God says here, you want proof? You want to see proof? You want to know proof? You want to cling to proof? He says, who, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? He says, you want proof? You look to the cross. That's my proof. Romans chapter 5 says, yet while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And he calls that a demonstration of God's love. The demonstration of God's love in your life is Jesus Christ dying on a cross for you and rising again the third day so that you and I might live in his resurrection power. That's proof. The proof is not in a church organization. The proof is not in a pastor or leadership. You know, I'll tell you, some of you church, some of you believers listening in on the radio or on the web, listen, some of you are putting too much trust in man. You're trusting me as a pastor far too much. I'll tell you right now, if you haven't been on the side of a failure from Ed Taylor, you will soon enough. You can't trust in me, guys. You need to trust in the Lord. You need to look past the leadership of this church. You need to look past the pastor of this church and say, Jesus, you are my strength. You are my help. You are my hope. 
Oh, don't misunderstand me. That's not to say that God's not being strength in my life to help you come alongside of you. It's not to say that God isn't looking and saying, Ed, you need to be a spiritual man. You need to cling to me. But I'll tell you, you're putting too much stock in men. And it might, I might be the object of it. Your husband might be the object of it. Your wife might be the I don't know who it is. Some men trust in horses. Some men trust in chariots. But I will trust in the name of the Lord my God. He'll never let me down. He'll never discard me. We don't trust in men here. We, we don't trust in churches here. We don't trust in organizations here. We trust in Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen again the third day. That's who we trust in. And so be careful not to be drawn to a man, but be drawn to Jesus Christ. He's the ultimate evidence of God's love for us. Number two, listen to this. This is something you can cling to. God will not withhold anything that's good for you. Do you hear that? God will not withhold anything that's good for you. Flip over to Psalm 84, would you please? Another great memory verse, Psalm 84. God will not withhold anything that's good for you. I love this because in our prayer time, we, our answers are nothing. We don't hear anything from heaven. We don't receive anything from heaven. We think, oh, Lord, what are you doing? Hey, if the answer to prayer was good for you, he'd give it to you. But perhaps he hasn't given it to you because it's not good for you. He knows as dad what's good for us and what's not good for us. Psalm 84, verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Isn't that a great promise? Oh, no, God's withhold a lot of good things from me. No, he hasn't. He's withheld things that would not be good for you. Oh, no, Ed, no, don't argue with me. <laughs> Don't argue with the scriptures. It's so easy. We fight this stuff. Like, oh, no, no, just lay all your arguments aside and listen to the truth of his word. God will withhold no good thing from those that walk uprightly. So either it's not good for you right now or you're not walking uprightly or both. And just remember, he's not going to withhold anything that's good from us. Since he's given us his own precious dear son, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's so faithful. Number two, or our next application, really number three, God is strong and steady and reliable in the small and the large stuff in our lives. I know that's a long one. Just write it down how you heard it. God's steady, reliable, faithful, trustworthy in the small things and the large things in your life. Listen, if you're here today and you're just kind of checking things out, and you, you're checking out a church, you're, you're checking out Christianity, or whatever it might be in your life. Don't wait for some huge thing in your life to surrender your life. Or if you're backslidden right now, you go, well, I'll come back when the huge big thing happens. Don't wait for that. Come back now. Turn right now. Today is a day of salvation. So oh, I'm going to wait for the big thing to happen. When the bottom falls out, then I'll turn. Hey, listen, when the bottom falls out, falls out you may not be able to turn back. Come now while you hear my voice, while you sense the working of God's Holy Spirit. You see, in all the things in our life, small and large, God is faithful. God's taking care of our biggest problem, which is sin. The most incredible obstacle, man's greatest need, is the forgiveness of sin. And God's taking care of that through giving of his own God, his own perfect son. If he's taking care of our biggest need, while we were on our way to a Christless eternity, then how much will he not take care of the little things in your life right now? And the final thing that I want to leave you with is that God is ready to help you in time of need. He's ready right now to hear you. He's ready to receive from you. 
Listen to this, jot it down in 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. The idea behind that word is a once and for all casting. He's like, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm yielding to you because he cares for you. God, he cares for you. Since God is for us, who can be against us? This caring, loving God, this God who's like a father to his children, Psalm 103 says. He's like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. He understands how weak we are. He understands that we are but dust. He's our chief shepherd. He's our pastor. He's our leader. He's our strength. He's our hope. He's our foundation. Jesus is the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the one that's going to perfect those things that concern you. He's the one that we can be confident of, that he began what he began, and he's going to finish in our lives. We can be strong in the might of the Lord. We can be strong in him, and we can trust him, and we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. What a precious promise. Because he cares for us, we're to take all of our anxiety and cast it upon him, all our cares, all our thoughts, all our bills, all our dashed hopes, all of our fallen dreams, all of our difficulties, hey, even casting all of our cares in the positive realm, all the successes, all the promotions, the raise that you just got, the new job that you just got, the, the school you just finished, the degree that you have on your wall. Now you can cast them all before the Lord because he cares for you and he's going to use them for his glory. This is a time for you to just cast your cares upon the Lord. Just a time where you just throw them upon the Lord. Just say, oh Lord, I love you so much. Thank you for the gifts you've given me. Thank you for the situation that I'm in. Thank you for the situation. Yeah, thank the Lord in all things. Let that heart of thanksgiving come. Let that heart of thanksgiving flow. Applying God's truth to our lives. That's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. His message today, Never Forget That God Is For Us, Not Against Us, can be heard online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Abounding Grace is also available by podcast. Look for Abounding Grace on your favorite platform. And we also offer an app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. In Hebrews, we read that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So to say faith is important would be an understatement. It's the key to a successful Christian life. But what is faith? Where does it come from? And how does it work? What does it accomplish? Those questions and more are uncovered in a book we'd like to recommend to you by Chuck Smith. It's titled, Faith. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, ask for a copy of Faith. Give us a call at 877-30-GRACE, and we can help you with that. That number again is 877-30-GRACE. Please also remember it's your financial support that helps us continue Abounding Grace on this station and many others like it. We're constantly hearing great reports of what God is doing in our listeners' lives, and your support helps to make that possible. So, thank you. You can make a secure donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, in today's message, you pointed out that God is for us, not against us. And that was demonstrated at the cross and through the resurrection of Christ. That'll be the focus this weekend at Calvary Church, right? The focus this weekend at Calvary Church is life, life, life. Jesus said that I am the resurrection and the life. And that's our focus. We want to encourage you for the work that God has accomplished already through His Son as he is the great I am. Isn't that encouraging? And that he is alive 
and we want to encourage and be uh, uh, be strengthened together with you by the Spirit in the life of Christ. We literally worship a Savior that's alive. He rose again from the dead the third day, and we want you to gather with us. Whether you gather here in person, and you go to calvaryco.church for more information, or you gather with us uh, via technology, whether our online stream that's watched by many around the world, around the country, or on Grace FM Radio here locally, we would love to have you join us. The focus at Calvary Church this weekend and every weekend is the life that is yours as you are born again of the Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ, and we'll be reminded in a very powerful way that Jesus is alive. So good. See you then. Plan on joining us this weekend at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. If you live outside the area, simply go online to calvaryco.church and tune into our live webcast. Glad you've taken time out to study the Word with us, and be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor tomorrow for Abounding Grace when we'll continue our series in Romans. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.